welcome to part two of the podcast where after the saga that was the first podcast <laughs> talking all about what we're doing together I wanted to dive into now your zone of genius which I mean for those who don't know Mary has so many zones of geniuses geniuses is there a plural for genius at this point is it just geniuses genii genii <laughs> I was like is it like octopi <laughs> uh, she has so many geniuses from not just systems but also she's been in the industry for so long to where she has she really the jack of all trades with also a business which hat on as well, which I love to talk about too, adding more of the woo into any type of systems work. But I figured the best way for us to go into this podcast, because I think as someone who's been an avid listener of podcasts for years, I really enjoy people who do the, the experiential, the pull back the curtain, like let's talk about it as if I'm the guinea pig and you're on a call with me. So I figure for those who are interested, who are wanting to hear the the uniqueness that you bring in, mm-hmm. I'd love to be the guinea pig for a moment and just allow you to kind of step into first talk about your process of how you help people with systems on the methodology that you have with the incubator. And then maybe let's try and apply it for, for what I do and we can see how that really blends together. Well, I love that you talk about methodology because um, we kind of worked on that. Exactly. <laughs> <All the copy. laughs> like how perfect. Um, and, and that was, that was a tough section. And I just remember like you reassuring me how much it is so hard when you're in the work to then turn around and explain in like attract language, the yes. methodology. And so I think like, that's a really important distinction because I think we can be really good at what we do and have a hard time. like growing with the language so anyways um people can listen to the very last the long very <laughs> yes <laughs> um episode about that um but yeah the methodology we um you really helped me figure out how to explain it to people in terms of this concept of feng shui which i have been using for a while i call it digital feng shui um i call it you know cleaning up your digital house basically because I find that systems are tough for a lot of people to wrap their heads around, especially in our technology world. Um, because a client a long, long time ago, she described it. She was like, you know, Mary, she's like, I put the lid down on my laptop and she's like, and it's just, it's gone. It's, it's away. Like, I, I don't get what's in there because <laughs> I can't see what's in the computer. And I thought that's really true because way back in the day, we t- we've always operated with systems in our working worlds but a lot of it was on paper, um, you know, things that were more analog. It was easy to see it. You would have stacks of paper on your desk and either they were filed or they were not filed, you know? And when you have files inside of your computer, it can be literally the equivalent of stacks of paper on your desk, but you close the lid on your laptop and you're like, well, I don't have to think about it. It's like shoving everything into the closet and then closing the door. And, and so with, with the people that I work with, I try to find things. It's kind of like how you say tangify the intangible when we're doing copy. I try mm-hmm. to find something that is tangible that in real life you could like touch and con- your brain can conceptualize that. And then you can draw a bridge into what's happening with all the digital things. So um, so yeah, so we, we think about it in terms of like constructing a house, like a lot of people, I say are really interested in decorating, but like there's no foundation. There's no not even framing up yet. You mean the uh, 30 plus HGTV shows? On yes, right. decorating? 
and you're like, I'm going to knock down a wall. It's like, should we be knocking down that wall? Um, Let's do the open concept. I swear every episode is an open concept. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, so we, why we address it in that, in that way. And we have discussions about it, just like if you were designing your ideal house with Chip and Joanna Gaines and you're figuring out, you know, she's going to ask you like, but why do you want that open concept? Like, what does your family do? Where do you spend the most time in the house? And you, you kind of have to do the same thing inside your business with your systems, because if you're going to clean up the house, proverbially speaking, you have to start somewhere. And we don't want to start somewhere where we're not going to have as big an impact because Mm -hmm. let's say you and your clients, everybody's constantly hanging out in the kitchen. We should really go to the kitchen and go clean up the systems in that space and, and make sure that it's fully functioning and that like your plumbing's not leaking and that you can cook on the stove and you can do all the things. So, um, so we've really boiled it down in the methodology, describe it in like a number of pillars and we have it for the foundation first, because that's always the first thing I had. A, I had somebody this past year in the incubator. She had this great, she had this great aha moment where she realized she's like, oh my gosh. She's like, I've been like trying to build a duplex. These things aren't even, shouldn't even be attached to each other. <laughs> like, what am I doing here? Um, I've had people, you know, realize like if they're thinking about it in terms of a foundation, like a slab foundation, they're like, wow, mine is like hella cracked. Or I built this so long ago. It's like this old house on PBS. You can tell I watch a lot of home reno shows. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and they'll be like, I need to literally like jack the whole house up, go in underneath, repair the whole thing, and then put the house back down Mm -hmm. on a a re-solidified foundation. And sometimes we need to do that in our businesses. I think it's pretty natural, just like any aging home structure in life, there are repairs that need to be done over time. Things wear out, you know, um, new building codes come out. So like the materials are better, on and on and on. And, and we want to do that for our systems too, which is why before we hit record, we were talking about like software tools and stuff, which is why the first thing you don't want to do when you're thinking about systems is let me pick a piece of software. It's like, no, wait, wait, what are we doing here? And like, why, how do I feel about it? Because if it was, let's say a home, a structure, and you're like, I hate terracotta tile. Why would you lay terracotta tile in your whole house? you'll hate the house and you won't be happy in it. So it's like, if what you want is wood flooring, like let's figure out how to incorporate the wood flooring because both of them are flooring materials just because like the trendy crowd really loves the tile right now. It doesn't mean that you have to go with what they're what they're doing. Um, kind of like the open concept. You know, there's a lot of people right now in house building who are going back into closed rooms, especially with COVID everyone realized when they were home together that maybe they would like some walls and doors between each other. Um, and so, so it's important that you like learn to identify what your actual needs are. And also like, how are your customers flowing through your house? Like if you are inviting them in and they're going to be guests in there, how do we make it comfortable and welcoming? Um, and are we, you know, making sure that the right things are attended to. Like, I always think about, um, any offer, um, that anyone's building as a house that has a number of doors on it. And I'm like, well, what doorway are your people coming through? Cause a lot of us are always like, well, how do I find more people? Yep. That's like the number, all of us do. That's the number one question. <laughs> and, 
And it's like, okay, we, we do have people who are attracted to us. Maybe it's not like the hordes of crowds, like you're visualizing in your head right now, but that will come, but you do have a stream of people who come to you. And there is a doorway that they like to come to you through. And what is the doorway? And I find that a lot of people will take the time and a lot of effort and sometimes a lot of money to build this huge grand entryway. It's like the big, beautiful front door, but in reality, everybody's coming through the back door, through the kitchen. They're all like knocking on the door to come hang out with you. And, and it's like, so how are your systems supporting that door? Like if that door is like bolted and broken down and like it's, there's boxes in the way, like you can't get through the doorway, it's going to be really hard to invite those people in. So huge. Like, yeah. I do want to just validate that because I think this is something that I actually had a confirmation of recently where timing is always interesting whenever I do podcasts like this. So my episode is going to be out or it will have been out for the last two weeks of me actually talking about my most recent mini launch I did with this uh, money making evergreen money making bullet points. My gosh, um, I did an early bird launch with it that kind of came very intuitively and it was interesting because I call it like the low energy, high return launch, because I, as someone who I talked about this on that podcast around having really low energy from like the health issue that I've been having around like sleep and stuff that I really had to make sure what I was doing was very intentional. And I wasn't doing like ego driven, you know, tactics. And one of the things that I realized was nearly all of my people who bought for that early bird were from already like previous workshops and, and clients that I already had in my email list. Like none really came from my Instagram or that was really low I was showing up on. None came from my Instagram. And I used to be someone who was so prideful of being like, I have to be on Instagram. I have to be, uh, what's the word? Like showing up and that's going to be where I get all the people. But to see that, especially if you don't understand what your doorway is, you're I would have spent so much more time like showing up on lives on Instagram or doing a lot of posts versus me just taking more time to say, okay, what would be a really like intentional email for me to send today? Or these people are clicking on this link. How can I support them deeper? That did so much more and took me maybe an hour a day because I, I go yeah. slow, an hour a day to like write an email, send it out. And that would do, I had a, one or two sales every day for my list rather than thinking that I was going to get that from my social media. So I'm here to confirm with everybody that sometimes with doorways, you have to kind of, what's the word, be okay with whatever the doorway is, whether you don't think about it wanting to be that way or not. Cause I was someone before this who was like, Instagram's the way to go. It's the place for me to be. And I still plan to like do something with it, but to see such a difference really shook up how even I want to approach systems. And I think it's something that I'd love for you to talk about too, especially people that you support on those doorways being a lot different than they expect, but also what's kind of like the first question or two, two you start with them to help them sort of think in this way of like kind of finding their, their doorway first. Yeah. I think it's like a combination of things. One of them is always the you factor, which is like, where do you naturally, you know, have ease and flow, not necessarily where your desire is to be like the Instagram. Like I have the same thing where like, I see other people like do things on Instagram or they like build wait lists. And I'm like, that's so cool. I'm like, but that's not what happens in real life with my business. And, um, and, and when you really 
kind of, you know, have a conversation with yourself. And this is, this is like, we're already kind of getting into the woo woo part of it, but like you're having that conversation with yourself and you're identifying the ego part of you. Who's like, she's your ride or die. You know, she's there to, she's got your back. She's going to tell people what F off. Like, I mean, she's, she's there with you, but she also has really, really strong desires. And sometimes it's, she's very loud. Sometimes it's hard to like, just just be quiet for a minute, just sit in the back seat, <laughs> you know, but you literally have to like park her in the back seat and then really look and listen and be honest with yourself about like, where do I actually talk with people? And the, I think the email list is like the next really big place. I mean, from like a strategy standpoint, it's still hands down one of the best things to grow and to focus on growing. Um, but a lot of times people don't realize that they're a lot closer to that than they realize, even if they're not consistent in sending out like newsletter oh, yeah. broadcasts. Because we have email and we chat back and forth with people through messages all day long. So they're already primed to hear from you. And I think sometimes we think that systems have to be these really fancy funnels. When the fact is the system, it's you. We always say like, you are your best system. And just like you identified like, so who cares if somebody else considers it slow, the consistency of one hour a day, you get it done, you make your sales, you hit your goal. Why is that so bad? And the judgment that we have around creating systems, we just start to, you know, overproduce things and everything gets bloated. And then a lot of times people spend too much money on something and yeah. too much time. And, you know, if something brings you joy, do it, but identify where the flow is coming from and where you are actually already naturally hanging out. If you were to think of it as a house, like where are you actually already naturally hanging out? Like you can love your formal receiving parlor room or whatever, if it's like a bougie house, minus. Um, <laughs> or, or you can also recognize that you actually do all of your like pretty heavy lifting throughout the day in that cozy kitchen space. And that's actually where everyone else is also hanging out with you too. So then, then you can actually look at like, okay, where are people also coming to me through? I think too, like, because of the ego side of our, our business world, like with social, it's, it's the metrics. It's like how many followers you have and how many people clicked like, or left comments or whatever, but the real markers of your audience's behavior or the actions they take. And it's like, you can have a teeny tiny following like, you know, I'm such a huge champion of small and mighty lists, but if you've got a small and mighty list and they're constantly sending you DMs, even if you say like, leave me a comment and that's public, but then they DM you instead, like, that's great, you know? And like, that's a doorway. <laughs> it's like, start to recognize those doorways. Um, and once you can recognize that, then you can start to identify like, okay, what systems do I have in place right now? Like, what tools am I using? is that actually working for me? Do I need to change it? Because if you don't identify that root issue first, then you end up kind of following what the crowd is doing or what the trendy thing is. And like, I mean, I'm a notion lover too, but like notions having its day right now, oh, but 100%. like maybe that's not the thing for you. And, but you don't know if you're just like, what so-and-so uses it, look at what she did. And it's like, but that's not your business. That's not your audience she's got a team, she's doing this, she's doing that, you know, and like, yes. like you have to take those things into account. And so I'm a really big fan of process first and actually like a, a little bit more of a manual process first until you really know what your process is. 
And, and then you can make a decision like, can I automate this in some place? Do I want to automate it in any place? Uh, you know, that's a really big question, but I know a lot of people who still sell really great offers through emails, through their Gmail, <laughs> and they send an attachment and a document and they converse. It's high touch. You know, there's nothing wrong with, with that, even though we do have some really cool tools that will help us make things look real slick and fancy. Yeah. Um, but I think until there's like a, a solidity in how you sell your offers and I'll be the first one to admit, like even my business isn't even quite there yet. You know, like I happen to have a few more technical skills. So it's easier for me to say, play yes. around with something. So that's an extra factor that I have. But most people who come to me are like technology and me, we're still trying to be friends. And I'm like, I get it. So when that's the case, it's like, then we don't want to overdo it too quickly because something that only takes me an hour is probably going to take you like a week, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I'll just be like, do, 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 do. And I'll just do something. Um, unless you have somebody you can like, hire, but even then, like, is it worth it to hire somebody to do something that you're not going to use later because you don't need it? Let me dive into an example for this, because I think people don't know that I've done this, but I think it's something that's really supportive for this exact thing. So I think the longer you're in business, especially as you pivot in business, because everyone inevitably moves around and like you elevate your services, whatever that might be your natural thought is, well, in order to sustain capacity, let me either bring on more people like a team, let me bring on more leads, or let me create more systems to make it easier. So when I had my agency a couple of years back, I actually hired a systems person, like an SOP and systems person for a good like 2K a month for like a couple of months to like create the entire SOP processes, the entire dashboard, the entire thing. And within six months, we ended up not using it because it really wasn't supportive for what I needed at that time. It was more of that that flashy part, like you said, it was functional to some degree, but it wasn't the level of like support that I actually worked well with. So something yeah. that I think would be important for us to talk about because with you're working with my work, especially examples are needed the most to, to really land concepts that now that I had that past in mind where I've done the you know, pay the high person the high price to like do it. I'm now, even though I'm a funnel and a messaging person where I love design, I love prettiness. I realize that I need to let it not be pretty for a while. And for me, that was the, like this last early bird launch, the emails I would write in my notes app, I would copy paste it into Kajabi, which is like where I have my emails. I'm not going to go into like how you should use a different email platform than Kajabi, <laughs> but it's fine for right now. <laughs> um sending that out and sending it when I send it like I didn't do a schedule ahead I'd send it when I send it at 6 or 7 p.m at night and mm -hmm. emails or and sales would still come through and it was also a really great challenge for me to see that timing or traditional stuff doesn't always matter and I'd love to hear from you and this is where like we can dive into more of the guinea pig coaching thing on where do you find a lot of your people are usually like the first place that you work with them with so I'll give an example of like I know people do time management start with like that system lead gen content what's kind of like the two or three big things that people usually start with you and then we can kind of workshop from there I feel like it's very personal it's very productivity based 
time management, calendars, email. It's the stuff that gets real busy and distracting very quickly on a, like a day-to-day basis. And mm. so when we can calm that noise, then there's more spaciousness to actually do other stuff. Um, I find that people either will find themselves like they'll hit an awareness point where they realize they're just doing a ton of busy work during the day. And so it feels like they did a lot. And then they look back and they're like, what did I do? I don't feel like I did anything. I just like deleted emails today or whatever. Um, And we want to get away from that so that they can actually focus and concentrate like on actual projects, offers, customer base. Um, And then sometimes I also see people um, who even if that noise is still noisy, they handle it pretty well, but they'll like a little butterfly, they kind of like flip from thing to thing and they never really like get to the meat of the project that they need to do. So if it's like, I do have this scrappy little offer and I'm going to put it out and I need to message this list of people, they like never quite get to messaging the people. Mm -hmm. They just keep bouncing. It's and they keep bouncing into other things. And And the projects that they're bouncing between are great projects. They are things that will make them money, but they just never really take them to that point of completion. And that can be rooted in a number of places. There's always a little systems component in there, but they're like at least 50% is also like internal. (laughs) It's a personal thing, you know? Um, And I'm always really careful to, um, hold space for the people who are with me where if we identify something is not a coaching issue, but a therapy issue, I will hold that space and support them and like going off to get that in the right container. Um, Because if somebody's like constantly butting up against say being seen or feeling like, you know, it's, it's more than just a vulnerability mindset issue. You know, it's like something much deeper there are some things that can't be solved by slapping another system or process on it. It just, it, you know, it can be the most beautiful process and it just won't happen. So um, like, I think that's a really important thing to acknowledge for yourself, but then to realize that you have like a business support system on the side can help you get, get through that in a more elegant way than you would have if you were just like off on your own. trying to figure it out (laughs) I think this is actually a beautiful moment that I want to reflect back to you as well is is if you guys go check out the incubator page and just like what Mary's all about one of the things that she does really really well is she's a very intentional container holder there's a lot of people who will allow themselves to kind of take everything and say like I will for sure hold you with everything and you'll get everything you want like do the the over promise type of thing where it's like but you have no real boundaries, like no real scope. And what you do really well is really understand like what your people need, offer that to where you can, but also give them that ability to kind of like either get resources for themselves or also do the internal work too. Cause even, and I'll give a, I'm such an example person with this kind of stuff. So I want people to land with it. Um, I talked about this on the podcast as well. And I know you're going to love this because it's very woo. Every single email and action I took during this early bird launch was from my intuition. I didn't, I, it was from, I downloaded it through an app. I would walk and the email would come in. The message would come in just because I was like, this person I think really wants it. And I would not have been able to do that if I would have over strategized and like try to do the whole 
schedule out four emails in whatever, you know, X amount of like days, it would never have worked. And now that I'm again, realizing your own patterns with this, you are your best system starting to find that line for myself, because if you are someone who's more intuitive and you are, or even more like neurodivergent creative as well, systems can feel really intimidating. And I'm curious as someone who obviously you help and you also are neurodivergent and creative and like, woo, how do you really help people to, so again, this is where I'm going to do, I'll have you do coaching for a second. I'll do the, right now I'm in the systems of content creation and like more of active lead gen, right? Which is not as much of the automation, but there should be ability to be able to, what's it called? Templatize, automate stuff here and there. So I'm curious when you're working with someone who is trying to still honor those creative parts, the, the neuro parts, the woo parts, how do you really what do you bring to the conversation to help them to kind of navigate that for themselves? I love, I love what you said earlier. I'm going to like tie this in where you were like, sometimes it just needs, you need to give yourself permission to let it be messy. Yeah. And I think that's the first part is like, we can judge ourselves and think like, oh, that's, I'm being such a hot mess right now. That thing's a hot mess. And um, it's like the term du jour. That's my favorite. Oh thing my God. <laughs> like, I, oh, no, you're I never heard that phrase. It's funny. I heard, once I heard that phrase, my articulator, like my, the activating system where your eye finds stuff, found that phrase like two times later after the week. And I was like, I've never heard this phrase until now. I know it's coming out everywhere. It's anyway. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, like, like we can think um, I'm a hot mess or that system's a hot mess or this, like this whole thing just seems so messy. And if we cannot judge ourselves on that, and then from there we can have a little, it's almost like calming your nervous system, yeah. you know, in somatic. So you're kind of calming your business brain, your, um, your business's somatic system. And, um, and then from there we can really look at like, okay, what are the things that feel good to you? Like, I love to pay attention to when do people naturally do certain things? There's usually a pattern that shows up. And sometimes we aren't aware of our patterns because we should on ourselves and we think, well, the 4 a.m. wake up club says oh. that I should do whatever. <laughs> you and I are so not morning people. <laughs> um, and, and, and it turns out that like your best writing time, you find that you're jotting those notes all the time after 10 p.m. And it's like, then let that be your pattern. But when you can turn that from an unconscious pattern into a conscious pattern, you can start to maximize it. And I've seen people do, you know, the time blocking exercise and they'll logically like say, well, it makes sense to do this and then this, and then this on these days. And it's like, okay, well then, but what happens in real life when you're doing it? And what I find is that in real life, Some of those times, I would say like about 50% of them, it seems to be, are pretty much about right. And then there's like 50%, which makes it feel messy that are off. Like we're trying to smush ourselves into doing something and something that's not the natural place. So like, kind of like, you know, how you and I are not morning people. If we force ourselves to do something in the morning where we're like, I'm just not ready yet for this, but we constantly keep trying to force ourselves to do that then you get that feeling like I must be failing at this. I'm really bad at this. 
why doesn't it work? And it's like, well, no, it does work. It's just that secretly, like you keep going off on Wednesday nights to go write all that stuff you said you would do on Monday mornings. And it's like, why not just consciously shift those blocks so that now that Wednesday evening period is actually blocked off and you can prepare your energy systems better for that time. And I was just telling, I was just telling my community yesterday, um, before we recorded this today, um, there's a book that I really recommend. It's old now. It's by the choreographer Twyla Tharp, and it's called The Creative Habit. This is the librarian and me giving you. I feel like I've heard of the name before, but maybe it's just like in passing. Yeah, it's it's been out since like the early 2000s. And um, it's one of my favorite books because she talks about how creativity, we sometimes look at people who are very creative and we think like, whoa, look at all the genius that comes out of them. And she was like, it's not some magical thing where it's just like magically happens all the time, more often for her than not. It's that she has trained her body, her mind, her energy to operate on a schedule so that it is prepared to create at the time when she wants to create. And in her book, she doesn't really address it from the angle we've been talking about it here, which is like, where do you kind of more naturally want to do things? Her constraint is that she's a choreographer and she works with dancers in a studio and the studio is open starting at this time and it closes at that time. So she's trained herself in the example that you read in the book to be creative and be on from like nine to five in the yep. studio. Um, and I think that because we've all come from the working world, we think I should adhere to those hours. And then there's this, you know, large dialogue happening in the entrepreneurial community about, you know, no, you're an entrepreneur so that you can have whatever schedule you want. And that's true. And also it's a both and world. And also you need to pay attention to what are my natural operating hours if I'm neurodivergent, if I'm an entrepreneur, if I feel creative. And um, I remember when I first started to form like a more articulated version of this years ago. This is really old. It was like way before like Netflix and Apple TV and everything, but um, Apple did this video series and they followed Tim Ferriss around. And um, I think he was still living in San Francisco. He hadn't even moved to Austin at this point. And, and I remember being so struck by his own habits. Mm -hmm. And he even said in that series where he was like, yeah, you know, I think it was during the miracle morning time when people were like, I should be like, hello, Rod, and get up early. And he was like, yeah, I, I don't. He's like, I'm I'm up late. And he's like, and I write at night. So he writes all his books at night. And he has rituals that keep him like on this sort of rhythmic routine, this rhythmic schedule. So it's a very Twyla Tharp, but his schedule is the opposite of hers. And I thought that was really fascinating. And I remember after that, I stopped being so hard on myself for being more of a night owl yeah. um, and less of an early morning person. Like I can train myself to get up early and put myself on a morning schedule. And every now and then I try to do it. <laughs> I don't know. I why. know we, we always do. It's like once a quarter or like maybe I should get my act together and try and be a morning person. And it's like, it it's never just, works out. It's really hard. It's really hard. Um, if I'm working with like a client or a company or something and especially the east coasters and I'm on the west coast like sometimes I'll like try to train myself to be, be just a little bit earlier uh, because yeah. of the hour difference um but it's really hard to, for me personally to sustain and 
there is a little bit of magic that I get, um, like a little burst late at night when mm -hmm. I need it. And part of it is also a little bit of that training. So this is like the very personal part of like systems and process is like over the years we live life and like our life circumstances train us on things. And I had a whole corporate career and a side hustle when I was blogging. And when I did that, I wrote at night yep. and on the weekends and I, you know, it was a sewing blog. So like I sewed at night, I took pictures. I first thing in the morning when the light was good, I wrote at night though. I built my website at night. Like a lot of things happened after 8 PM. And I think like energetically, I just, got into this rhythm and it felt good naturally as well. Um, if it hadn't, I probably would have started getting up early and doing it before work. So well, I know I'm your just... face, look on your face is so great. <laughs> terrible. Um, I do want to give you props though, because I think with this work as well, and I'll, especially with the woo parks, I'll dive into human design for a second. Um, cause I know that you are a human design. Well, part of, again, the mastery of all the things you do, you also bring in the more woo stuff, both from the channeling side, but also like human design to really give a more encapsulated version of like what all the pieces that make you up, how can we better use the tools that we have to at least start to flesh that out. So I'll let people you probably know this at this point, I feel like I've had like three human design readers on my podcast, but <laughs> I, I know for myself, so I'm a one, three emotional generator, but my consistency arrow, whatever that one is, it's to the right, whichever one's like the not consistent on the, yeah. whatever it is. Um, and for the longest time, I let myself see that and be like, oh, either that means I can just like fuck off everything or I can either be like I had that same thing as you mentioned like once a quarter I'd be like I need to like create this entire time block schedule and like calendar system and then that would make it easier and it never worked and something that I'm even currently testing with myself is having more of an a b type of days where it's like a days if I have high energy I can do these things I have my core daily three but like I can do more. And then even then, because of how much we've been in the system of like shooting ourselves to be productive or to be morning, I'll have to catch myself and be like, I didn't like this morning, <laughs> this morning I took off so I could watch the great and like have a cozy rainy day and like for the morning. And I could see myself being so like, oh, well, you could be doing more things at this time or whatever it might be. Yeah. And this is where I think a lot of what I'm hearing from you is really having to be more of an advocate for yourself while also if you can't be have someone like you to support you to help you to build that trust muscle in yourself while you're doing this because this is such a hard thing to do because a lot of our products our productivity our systems are really tied up in like what mentioned around identity around self-worth because if you feel like you didn't get a lot of stuff done that day then you attribute that to being like, I'm behind, I'm a failure, whatever it might be. And we don't really address those parts as much as we should, especially around this part. Yeah. To me, it's more than a mindset thing. Mindset's so huge. Like we have to do the mindset work, but like, it's more than that. And I feel like your mindset work can help you find real evidence of where systems are naturally already presenting themselves in your like natural operating rhythm and human design, such a great way. That's why I like incorporating it. Um, you know, it's not a human design program, <laughs> but we incorporate it because it is a system and 
when we're trying to figure ourselves out, like we need a really great framework to help us start to dive into that. Um, and one of the things that you can, you can do if you are super into the human design, which you and I both are, so, um, <laughs> you, like you want to know, you know, your type and you want to know your, your lines, um, knowing your authority is really important because it helps you figure out how you're making your decisions. And most... I hate my authority, but it's good to What's know. your authority? It's the emotional one. Oh, I'm it's... an emotional authority too. And the thing that we've been talking a lot about in this year's incubator because most of us are emotional authorities I think we had one person who was the exception and she was a sacral authority oh, wow. and um but most of the world is emotional authority and we get offers thrown at us all the time and as business people we look for help and you know but it's really tempting and I don't know not about you but I've got like a huge course library of stuff that I've like oh <laughs> yeah I have a whole tab called like online paid course logins <laughs> yeah, exactly um and the the old current existing but I've seen it starting to crumble system of sales is built to break down an emotional authority into making an impulsive decision it is constructed that way. And I, I really connected those dots a couple of years ago because I was doing work inside of this large coaching company and I was helping them, you know, work with their course builders and they would do these big events for this like high ticket coaching program. And the coaches would go in and we would have, you know, coaching zone appointments, but it's a sales call. And so I learned the framework for high ticket sales from those like very formulaic sales processes they're very if let me let me guess if I let me try and go back to my because I had a couple of programs that I was in of that for that same reason it was like first you connect with them then you ask them their problem really deep in the pain find the gap go into solution build the yep. solution see yep. where you know if yep. to build that like it's it really like you said it it builds that emotional both the 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 gap but also that like desire for the solution and making it feel like they're the only person who can help you do that not only that they're the only ones who can help you do that or do it the best out of all the other competitors, but this cart closes in the next few hours. So you have to make a decision right now. Yeah. And it's not going to open again until blah, blah, blah. Now everybody's cart at some point has to close as we know, yep. right? Because we have to get started. But to show up to an event where you've gotten a low price or cheap ticket to then realize that they're only giving you just enough. Yeah is, is a very frustrating thing, period. But for an emotional authority type in human design, which most of us are, and I would argue all the other human design authorities would also be feeling this too. Um, but predominantly for emotional authorities, we need longer time to feel the feels, go through our process of thinking, comparing in our minds and our hearts, you know, and like getting to the point where we feel good about our decision so that when we make the decision, everything flows more easily. And so what happens is, is people get squeezed and it's a squeeze tactic. You get squeezed <laughs> through a sales page. You get squeezed into buying the offer, putting down the deposit, buying the offer, doing the thing. And then at this point, your nervous system is like all dysregulated now. So you go into the program, your fight or flight response is already queued up. And then they get going on the program. And even if the program delivers amazing things, which some of them really do, there's so much calming of the nervous system that has to happen at the beginning, which is not always necessarily 
supported by the program that you paid for. Yeah. So you have to figure out how to do that. But if you're not aware that you need that, then you end up being dissatisfied. You don't get as much out of the the work that you're doing. Um, and you start to make desperate decisions and you start to build a business that's not really you. And um, that's that's when the system stuff starts to creep in. Like I'll get people who've been through that experience and because they were feeling really crunched, they were like, well, I just followed what they told me to do. They had me install, you know, these systems and softwares and whatever. And they're like, I don't understand how any of it works. And then I outsourced it. And then they ran off and I don't want to pay it and blah, blah, blah. And they're just like, I don't know what to do. Um, and, and I find like that that's a really common feeling. Um, but like in human design, like you can really figure out too so many things like your, your energetic gas tank, so to speak. So like, if you look at your chart, um, those lower energy centers, like your root sacral spleen, um, I know I have an open or undefined root and then I have one more down there. That's open. I have like my first three are open as well. Okay. Yeah. Cause so like as a generator, you are always going to have your sacral center be defined as what makes you a generator. I'm a manifester. So mine's wide open. Um, and, um, another human design teacher that I follow explained this really beautifully. And she was like, you know, out of these like four bottom root centers, she's like, if you think of it, like quarters of a gas tank, she's like, Mm. how full is your gas tank on any given day? Somebody who has all four centers defined is going to have like a really high energy level that they sustain all the time. They're definitely going to be a generator or a manifesting generator because one of those centers is the sacral center. So projectors, manifestors, reflectors are already excluded from a full gas tank. And then I also have an undefined route. So now you're down another quarter tank and you just kind of go through it and you realize like, I think like I only have one of those centers is defined in my root area on my chart. So I start every day and my, my equivalent of a full tank is a quarter tank compared to a fully loaded generator. That's so interesting to hear because I've never heard it talked about in in the tank perspective, but it makes sense. And I want to give anyone who's listening to this as well to remind them that with human design or anything like that, where talking about energy does not always mean that your body's current state of energy is the same. Like, for example, when I thought of generator for the longest time, I thought it meant that I was going to have energy for days always but like when you're in your time of the month (laughs) when you have a chronic health issue when you're sick when you are like these things remind yourself that like there's going to be seasons where sure you might have that but to not let yourself I think again coming back to the shoulds let yourself think that you're going to be able to have that that running starks that's when I was a generator for the first like year I thought it meant that I was going to have like all this energy all the Mm -hmm. time and I'm like why can't I freaking get myself to have that much energy throughout the day? I'm like, yeah. I get a couple hours of work and then I'm done. I mean, I'll do working out after too, but I'm curious, yeah. especially with like the people that you help out with, whether they're busy, whether they're neurodivergent, whether they're experiencing other life things, how do you help them to assess when they're either overdoing the systems or when they're like trying to make it too quick or like too in depth, too fast? Well, I think it's related to, again, like that time blocking, that productivity piece. So if you're developing self-awareness and you start tracking, like I'm, I'm a big fan of us just tracking our energetic patterns 
you can have like a daily pattern. You can have a weekly pattern. You can have a monthly pattern as women. We all know we have a monthly pattern. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, and then there's also like, I call them seasons. And at the beginning, I think a lot of people start with thinking about just the natural seasons because we know them like spring, summer, fall, winter. It's like, how do I feel in those seasons? But on sort of that like higher energetic level, I think we run through a whole bunch of different seasons that don't necessarily always repeat. And we have to learn to identify those seasons a little quicker. So like, I've noticed that like I'm in the Pacific Northwest. And so our winter days are real short and our summer days are real long. And the sun is up at four, goes down at 10. And I just have more capacity in the summer because I like being up when the sun is up. Yep. Um, and, and in the winter, like I'm noticing, like one of my big personal reflections recently has been for the coming year. Now that I'm like in, well, we're in February now. Um, and I'm looking ahead to like, okay, by the time I get to December, 2023, like, I think I want to craft things a little differently towards the end of this year, because I'm realizing now that like my capacity is just a little bit shortened. It's a little bit less. That doesn't mean I can't still be productive. It doesn't mean that I can't still get a hell of a lot done. It might mean that I need to be a little bit more efficient on certain things or be real picky and choosy on what absolutely has to be done and what's going to be parked until springtime, you know? So like you start to think about it in those ways. And I feel like as a manifester, I just have so much sympathy for like all the other signs because like I'm already built to operate in what they call bursts. But as a manifest, like all the manifestors have started talking because human design is also having its day right now. So finally people are finding each other. And it's great. Um, but manifestors, we have a closed aura. So if a project, like I've found so many great human design programs, but they're taught by projectors and projectors just don't they really are yeah. a manifestors experience and they don't know a generator's experience. And so, yes. and so as a manifestor, you know, we've all been commenting on how the, the dialogue around uh, a creative urge and a burst and the needing a rest break is not how it's been described up till now. I've had bursts that go for years and then I need like a break. And sometimes the break is really short. Like it's not apples to apples. Like if it was a two-year burst, I need a two-year break. It's not like that. And, um, and sometimes there are like little rest periods inside of a burst cycle. Like, I mean, it's wild and nobody can really explain that to a manifester, but another manifester. And I find actually that a lot of the other signs feel those cycles of like peaks and valleys it's kind of like how in astrology a really good astrologer will tell you like sure you have your sun your moon your rising like all these things but they're like all the signs live within you like if you look at your chart the whole cosmos is on your chart (laughs) it's just that like certain things are highlighted and you want to think about that too in human design like if you look at the chart it's the tree of life you know and and all those factors are there like there's a manifester in you, just like there's a generator in me. And, and so when I find just like for you as a generator, when you find something you really love and it's spot on and it's hitting all the right things, you will have more energy naturally to keep going with that than the opposite. And for me, I can tap into that feeling. Like if I really love what I'm doing, I will have more energy to work with than if I like feel a lot of resistance and I don't like it. 
but in the same way that I have to like account for my rest cycles and honor them, which has been a really tough learning journey growing up in a world full of generators, um, <laughs> really hard. Um, and, but you, you also have that same lesson too. I just feel like depending on like how your chart is laid out and everything, I bet your bounce back fast bounce back factor might be like a little bouncier than mine sometimes. Um, I think it depends too. So I want to honor that because I actually a hundred percent agree that there needs to be more teachers who teach on their current, like their manifest or their human design. I found one person who's a generator teaching generators or like generators demanding generators. Um, and that's been really helpful and supportive for me because it feels like the exercise that she's giving, not just our, her own experience, but also like, even I'm able to try and like expand my energy center more and like decrease it further. Cause you can do that with the open aura we have. It's some of the words I just forget. Um, but <laughs> I want to share this too. And I, I love this for this to be kind of like the, the final piece we dive into is we're talking about with the human design, especially like, even if you don't know human design, it's still something where it's all about learning more about yourself, learning more about your patterns. And I find human design or any astrology, whatever it might be, it's giving you that evidence that confirmation that you might have already been feeling that you aren't giving yourself the reassurance for and I feel like as we go into this new year like you said with knowing your capacity sometimes your capacity goes beyond even like human design stuff because even for myself because I'm in a season of life where my capacity is lower but I, I know myself well enough to know where I can prioritize those those births to be like we still make fantastic messaging together, even if I only have a couple hours a day. So yeah. I want to share this last part. I think it would be really curious for anybody who, as they dive into more of this work of their own, figuring out their own systems, and hopefully are in your incubator because they're mm -hmm. going to get so supported in there. The last thing I'd like for us to dive into is for those who feel like they've gone through, they're starting to understand their, you know, kind of like the the first big part is always the calendar system, the the email, like the things that they can start to automate. What happens when you start to shift into more of the, for lack of a better word, more of the active systems, for example, like content creation or lead gen. Yeah. I'm so curious to see how you shift that process because it's not really a like automate it all. It's not really going to happen that way. So how do you kind of approach for people who are okay, I've gotten through understanding my calendar, I've gotten through the email, but as I move into more of the active systems, how do you really approach that? So like for you, you're in this like content creation phase. Um, well, content creation in a way that's more, again, I'm a one three. So I, it's experimentation, but also depth. So for me, I'm trying to find that yeah. balance of the intuition, but the, the evergreen depth nature that I'm going for. So this is where like you mentioned, I'm curious for anyone else who's listening to this, who's not into the whole like post two or three times a day, every day, growth <laughs> stuff, what is your approach to help people understand those active systems for themselves? The first thing I like to do is have us look at the people we're serving because in, in, in the world of content, it's in service of them. True. So we look first at them and on a collective nature. And then of course you have to remember, and this is the energetics of it, that as your audience grows or your offers change and your audience also changes and hello, we're all humans. Like we've all been changed drastically in the last two years. So like yep. their, their, their habits are going to change and their attitudes are going to change. And so you're just like, it's like this dance, you know? And so you're the hostess with the mostest and you're really paying attention to the people who are in that kitchen with you. And you're like, 
are they thirsty right now? Are they hungry? Like, what do they want? And sometimes we put things out and we might miss the mark a little bit. And that's where that like space and grace for yourself comes in where it's like, okay, so like that didn't land, but like, we don't dwell on it, like move on to the next thing. Um, I'm a really big fan of when you know the doorway through which the people are coming through to really come up with a very compelling, regularly occurring messaging system for them. So I'm just going to use email as an example. It's like, you're also fantastic at the email consistency. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love your notes that you do when you do like the carousel things. Um, like I've been noticing. Oh, like, oh, because I get so lazy. I don't want to design anything. So I just screenshot notes. Brilliant. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> um, I keep saying to myself, oh, I gotta do more of that. But but like that's a really great example of like I can look at something and go, oh, I'm really attracted to that. I think it's really cool. Wouldn't it be so great if I did more of it? But naturally occurring, I will mm-hmm. gravitate towards long form content. I've been making videos. Um fired up the YouTube channel this year. And some of that is a little bit experimentation, right? Um, But I know the primary doorways that my people are coming through just as you do. And so then you can look at it, factoring in your energy cycles, the season that you're in and what you have capacity for. And you can start to decide like, how am I going to intentionally start crafting this world so that I can be more consistent with it? Like what is the consistency factor? So you know, the, the typical thing is like email your people about once a week. So there's some business, you know, knowledge that is a little helpful in this case where, you know, if you <laughs> yeah. don't email, if you don't email people regularly, like they kind of do, they really do forget about you. The biggest hack, have a podcast. You have a new episode every week. Yeah, but you love it, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I found that, you know, a big hack for me was firing up the YouTube channel and having a video. Yeah, once a- content. Yeah. Just having some piece of content that you can you don't always have to have that, but I agree that it gives that natural reminder uh, for you, the the creator to, to share it. Yeah. And, and I think once you have that, then you can start to figure out like some of the, the things that start getting the circles get start getting broader into the seeping into the world of automation. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so then it's like, do I make this every week because it feels good? it's the way I operate. I don't, it's true. I don't drop balls while I do it that way. And if those factors are present, then like keep doing it until the energetics start to shift. And you know, when they shift, everybody knows when their energetics and their business shift. And it just like blows my mind how much in entrepreneurship people will blow past it. And they'll be like, either I need more data on a spreadsheet or, or they're like, so-and-so big name said, blah, blah, blah. So I need to do whatever. And it's like, but we know, we know things in our world. Our intuition is on all the time. And there are people who still tout, you know, oh, you should batch your content, you know, have it all batched. Ooh, no, I got to tell you, like with the way the world changes, like, I just find that I have to be a little bit more receptive to what's going on. And I can't, I, I batch my content six months ahead. And then there's a big world event. I don't want an email going out. That's going to become completely insensitive to what everyone is going through. That or like you mentioned too, the energy, even though I know you're a manifester, so you have the closed aura. I think this is for anybody. If you're also creating the content from a place of like no energy, no excitement, no life force in it, because you're just trying to batch stuff. It's also going to be felt through the screen of like, 
oh, it's not really something I, you know, the person doesn't seem in it. Yeah. I think the things that we find ourselves gravitating towards, we feel the energetic pull because that person is really in it. Like you can tell the difference when you look at people's like Instagram feeds or even read their newsletter and you're like, this is just like flat. Like this is, and you just kind of scroll past or you just delete or you unsubscribe. And then the ones where you're like, well, I really feel the vibe and the vibe can be everything from like super high energy to like super calming and Zen and like all kinds of things. Right. And I find that that those are the markers we really kind of want to pay attention to a little bit more. So like, I would just challenge like all of our listeners who are kind of tuning in for this, that hearing this, like go back to your Instagram feed or the emails that you're subscribed to and like, ask yourself, why do I like this? Or why do I continue to stock this stuff? Like Mm -hmm. what, what is it, you know? Um, and, and then it kind of informs you too, about what you naturally enjoy. Like, I love comedy. I love being thoroughly entertained and, you know, and, and I'm like, how do I bring that into my materials too? If I'm enjoying it, my people are probably going to enjoy it because like attracts like, and I do find that the people who belong in my world have a real quirky sense of humor and they like memes and they like staying up on the current thing. You say that they're, they're offbeat in some way. They are totally (laughs) offbeat. I wonder where we got that word from. (laughs) Um, yeah. And so like, in terms of the content, it, it sounds like it can feel like, wait, but like, I need, you know, the, the template and the, you know, the tracking system and everything. And, you know, my answer is always like, it will come, but if you grab somebody else's and then you immediately start mushing yourself into that, you're going to start noticing that the energy starts falling flat. So like when you can be like really strong in your energetic connection to the content, then, then you can take somebody else's template for say tracking your YouTube production or your email production, and you can customize it a lot quicker and a lot more exact to your needs so that you are then starting to increase that extra level of like productivity. Um, and, and it will help you say, get more help. Like if you're going to outsource your graphics or something like you'll be able to keep track of that kind of stuff a little bit easier but but until you like figure out your your vibe <laughs> your stuff yeah. and 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 it's such a personal thing like I so many times wish that I could produce some little package that like helps people figure it out like a recipe like you're cooking oh I know it would be the the, the best thing ever but I a hundred percent agree with you. And actually I want to give an example for those who are curious about like my intuition doesn't tell me anything. It does. And I actually had this exact thing happen with the content um, strategy where I don't know if you've seen this on Instagram or TikTok recently, but it's been around for a little bit called like the Insta site or nine grid strategy, where instead of having a consistent feed of like, you know, posts and posts and posts, the posts that you do are like nine to 12 posts that are either about like basically being a website for you on Instagram and you can still utilize your highlights and your stories to post consistently, but um, it's not like the consistent feed. And I remember reading that and I actually took it into my body and so like, what did the strategy feel like? I literally like exhaled and expanded. And mm-hmm. as someone before this, who was like listening to all the TikTok creators, all the Instagram people who are like post, 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 and like, just be consistent. And then to have this, but to feel the difference 
in it, that's what you're looking for. And I'm someone who's saying this as I'm currently evolving my Instagram to be that. Um, Mm. I wanted to give anyone an example of like what it might feel like in your body. Also, it's going to be a different body cue. It's one of the things that I'm trying to share more about for anybody I do work with including the work we do together. I always try and ask, like ask you to ask your own body first, your own intuition, see what comes up because I don't ever want to override my own or also anybody else's intuition or response. I love that about the body cues and it takes practice. It does. And it's really hella weird if you've ignored (laughs) it for a really long time. Um, But yeah, I think it's so funny. I'm listening to you talk about like Instagram and TikTok and um like I can give a personal example. Like I've, I know I could probably do some pretty sweet things on TikTok, but there is this resistance in me that I have to clear. <laughs> because I'm that way with YouTube actually, because the editing, the editing is like my resistance. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My thing with my thing with TikTok and even Instagram Reels is this like mental hiccup that is on a logical level, like totally like you know dispelled, but energetically I'm like why can't I just figure this out? And, and I'm like, there's, but there's something not in alignment there, but, but there are other doorways that are totally working. I've had cold sales off of YouTube and my YouTube channel is like a baby channel. And like, I mean that I'm getting more followers. I'm getting more subscribers. Like, I mean, like to email, you know, like Mm -hmm. people are coming into my world. And I think that we have to remember in our world of systems that unless you have like unlimited funds and you just, and you've also got like some expert team who's just going to think for you and just newsflash, like it's not, that's not going to happen. It's also going to be really bad anyway, because they're not going to be able to tap into like what you actually need. Normally they're not that in tune to what you need. Well, the energy is not going to be your energy. Exactly. And, and so, you know, you and I were talking about how um, on the last episode about how the done for you process was so valuable because like most of us need us inside the work in order to make it really fly and sing and all the, all the things. Um, and the same is true in systems too. Like you can't have, I hear this all the time. People are like, but I just want to have like, I don't know, one hour meeting. I mean, okay, I could do two. And then they just know everything and then they'll just do it for me. And I mean, that is literally verbatim the things I have heard from people who don't know each other and they've said the same thing and it always blows my mind because I'm like do you want to do this business thing that's usually my next question I'm like do you really want to do this like is this the right offer and a lot of times um if they're a generator and I know they're a generator that's a really great question because as a generator you'll be really frustrated that's your not self theme if you're doing something that's not in alignment as a manifester, my not self theme is anger. When I get angry about something, instead of trying to stuff my anger away, now I pause and I'm like, what am I angry about? Something's not right here. Something's not right. And um, you want to pay attention to those things. And I just find that like in the systems world, it shows up with usually something's not in alignment um, because the people who say yes and do the work with me, they're always like, I know it, I'm ready, let's go. And the people who are resistant, they're like I just want somebody to do it for me and I always have to ask them like do you want to be in this anymore like do you want it that is actually a beautiful question I think for and this is a great I think question to like end off of because 
obviously, as you can tell at this point, we can talk about everything yeah. forever. Um, but I wanted to give that notice because that was a question that I wish I would have asked more in my previous business for ads, because I feel like, and even some funnel work too, where I'm like, what's the core reason of why you're doing this? Like, why are you wanting for some of the ads it was done for you? And a lot of them would say, you know, to, uh, to get more sales without having to be online as much and although that's a really a thing that anyone can have the the reason behind the reason was because they're actually kind of burnt out they're actually kind of just tired and not want to be in it they're tired of selling and that comes into the offer then with with whatever I was doing or for for anyone who's listening to this any offer you have so it's such a service to give to yourself and to your clients to ask those questions and to reflect rather often like I I've actually put it in my calendar now called starry night reflection on Saturdays where I have my little star projector and I just start to ask myself those questions of like what worked this week what didn't what did I enjoy do I still like my offers if not like what can I change about them to make me feel better same thing with marketing you being conscious about that will allow you to have that longevity more than any of those people who are outsourcing because they're outsourcing from a place of kind of already being one foot out the door. And that's the energy that is not going to fly anymore, especially in business. People are, as we talked about for a second ago, people are, they can feel that with sales. They can feel it with systems. They can feel that in everything now. Even if they're not considered woo, we have a natural innate instinct and intuition that even the most (laughs) burnout person can, can see. So I'm saying this because hopefully as you've been hearing us talk, one, you've been able to get some like, patterns for yourself but two that you realize you can have the systems you can have the things without having to sacrifice yourself without having to sacrifice the life force that you bring into it and Mary is one of the few people I would 100% like trust when it comes to helping you develop that strategy thanks Rick (laughs) no problem okay I know we've dived into so much stuff so I want to just give people the, the ability to just hear where can they find you what can they go in deeper because as this is going to come out. The bundle mastermind will still be open. It'll be the like first week of March, but what else can they do to, to hang out with you? Um, you can hang out with me on my very entertaining weekly newsletters. Um, I do a free reading of them every week. So you get to pick one. It's become super popular. It was something that I've been wanting to do for a long time and then finally put it out. Um, and you can get that through my website, which is sensiblewoo.com. There's a subscription link at the top and at the bottom and I'm on Instagram. Although I am notorious for not being consistent. Like I'll have bursts. I'm such a manifester. I'll have bursts where I'm like all over Instagram. And then I like rest and I go away for a while. Um, but I, I do love Instagram. If you love animal videos and how animals look totally like entrepreneurs. I'm totally your girl. And I also have my YouTube channel, which apparently people have really been enjoying. And I've been having a lot of fun doing that. So um, YouTube just recently changed its URLs. So you can actually type in at sensible woo and you'll find me now, which is probably that's super nice. Super nice. Um, Yeah. We dive into all kinds of topics like this and um, have a lot of fun. And then of course people leave comments and chat back and forth and we have a good time and then yeah (laughs) and for those who don't know as well like so mary's like the thing that she is fantastic about is a system she has incubator you also have little readings and many offers as well that 
people have been finding from you too. But I want to give anyone just this shout out and I want to sing your praises for a second because I know sometimes we get so easily just move into like, find me and all the free stuff. But for those who who really are looking for a place to where you're building systems, not from a place of scarcity, but from a place of you want to have a truly supportive business for yourself and for your clients and for how you want to show up in the world and online, that is a place to be. It is such a supportive container that she's created and it will, it includes more than just the information it has. She does like one-to-one readings with you. She has like free goodie boxes that come in. Like it's such a beautiful place that if you are in the, the area now of your business to where you're ready to dive into this that doesn't feel overwhelming she's a place to go thank you thank you for telling everybody yeah i i love the incubator container it's something that has truly evolved over the last what three years now i think it's something like that three four years um and it is it's it's a really beautiful space i like i love showing up in there with everybody I love the breakthroughs that people have. Um, some of them have been really, really stunningly beautiful. Some of them they have shared in the testimonials that have been featured on the page that you have helped me. That look fantastic now. Yeah. Anyone who's like curious about our work together, go check out her page because it's already like, it's great. Yeah, there's a link at the top um, in the top navigation on sensiblewoo.com and you can see all the all the hard work that we have been describing <laughs> yeah. in these podcast episodes. Um, but yeah, there there are some there are some wins that people have had that have just been really personal and they're not in there. Um, but the thing that I have to really thank you for in the course of doing the work is you really helped me marry the woo with the sensible back together again because I kind of been like segmenting them like they were siloed. And um, for the coming year, like, I'm just, I'm so excited to like have the readings be in the container before people had like a membership that they were a part of that was separate. So now it's like, it's just, it's all together. And um, even like the choice on the monthly gift boxes, like everything now is a monthly business witchy ritual. I have a wholesale account with my local crystal shop, by the way. And like, that's amazing. There's, there's a box behind my desk here that you can't see and it's full, <laughs> full of stuff. Um, like it's one of my favorite things. I love packing them up and like going to the post office and sending them off and people love getting them. And, you know, I hadn't thought how impactful that was until when we first met and you pointed that out to me. It's one of your USPs. And for those who are curious what yours are, the Instant Workshop's there for you. I can do, I, when I need to, I know where to put my plugs. So <laughs> for anybody else who's super curious just about systems work or even just the work we've done together, go to the incubator page. Her, The message is on point. You'll be able to find out exactly if it's for you by just reading it and experiencing the, the journey that is on that page. But I just want to say thank you so much, Mary, for coming on. For everyone else who's been listening to this, I hope you got exactly what you needed. And if you want to dive in even deeper, go check out Mary and all of her places, which will be linked down below along with the incubator. And yeah, I just look forward to everyone else being supported by you even deeper. Thank you so much. My pleasure. All right, talk to you guys later. Bye, guys. Pop quiz. In the last three months, have you said or thought something like, my audience is tapped out, I need new people, I need to be a numbers game with this to figure out how to get more people and increase my sales? Have you thought, how do I make more sales from my one-to-many or group offer through my sales page and emails alone without having to be 
run down by webinar launches, DMs, calls, all the works? And have you thought more of your audience and a lot of your list right now as more of lurkers and ghost leads than actual warm, vibrant, interested people? Then this is the freebie for you. Before you pour another dime into ads or hours into your next launch or sales push, you need to address these two reasons to make more sales from your existing audience now. I've put together my best tried and true Lurkers Be Gone interactive exercise for even the coldest of audience to get unfucked and them off their butts. Access to one of the simplest exercises you can do in less than five minutes, along with a bonus somatic sales copy exercise to help you cure the thought of writing copy and funnel work is so boring, exhausting, and time consuming. I've made this interactive guide the simplest it can be and to really help ensure your next sale is as simple as what you'll find out the opt-in form is set up on this page. Get in and have your life changed.